Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Whoa! <laughs> I don't think I need to preach this morning. I think we could just leave it there. Oh man, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful just to see the power of Jesus at work in somebody's life? Isn't it beautiful? Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And, and, and I'm grateful that I get to tell you we're going to see lots more stories like that this year. We have many of them in queue because that's what we want to do. We want to see what it looks like in the lives of others, of what it looks like to live your life with Jesus. Because we've been talking about this every week since we started, church. We've been saying, we're going on this year with Jesus. And we want it to be a year where we get a whole lot of information, where we grow in our knowledge of who Jesus was and who he is. But church, we do not want to stop at information. Please tell me that you want to move toward transformation. That's the whole point, right? That we would be transformed to look more and more like Jesus. So we're going to hear those stories. We're going to be inspired by them. There's so many out there. Well, good morning, by the way. I haven't even said that yet. Hello, good morning, church. I'm Jen Alexander, Pastor Jen, and I'm super, super grateful that I get to bring message number four out of 52 in our year with Jesus. Uh, we began with this mini-series we called The Real Life of Jesus because we wanna remember together that Jesus lived a real life. He was fully God, yes, he was, but he was also fully human. He lived a real life in real places with real people. He had real experiences and he grew just like us. He grew into his identity and purpose. And so, so far we've looked at how he was born and raised, how he was formed in faith. The second week we looked at the, the seminal moment of his baptism when the God of the universe, his father in heaven spoke the words over him. This is my son whom I love and I delight in him. In him I am so well pleased. And it's important that those words were spoken over the life of Jesus before he stepped out to do anything. Before he stepped out to do any ministry, his, his identity was anchored in being the child of God. And then we looked at last week that what happens next in the life of Jesus is that it says that the Spirit leads him into the desert, led him into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested, and really to have his identity tested by three specific temptations of the devil that as we talked about in last week, Pastor Chris Gresseth, he brought it. And I wonder if some of those temptations, if you could relate to them, I could. I think that we can relate really to the whole trajectory. You know, all of us, each of us is born and raised, formed in faith one way or the other. Each one of us, often in our, in our teens and 20s, you know, we have to wrestle with our identity. And hopefully we get it anchored in Christ. Hopefully that happens. Even if it does, we still will end up going through seasons of temptation where we're tempted to put our security into, into the successes and the kingdoms of this world, just like Jesus. But today, we get to see that because Jesus passed through each one of those essential phases, if we will do the same, we, like Jesus, get to then step fully into our, our God-given identity. We get to step into our life purpose. Today, we are gonna see how that happened in the life of Jesus, how he stepped into his life purpose. And I think it's gonna inspire each one of us to, to discover or maybe reconsider our own life purpose. So 
Today we are going to be in the book of Luke chapter four. If you have a Bible with you, I would really love for you to be reading along with me. You might uh, remember that we were actually in Luke four last week as well, and we left Jesus in the desert. Verse 13 of chapter four says, when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. So what happens next? In the very next verse, we get to see Jesus now walk out of the desert and claim his God-given purpose. You can read along in your Bible or you can read it with me on the screens, beginning at verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and he was praised by everyone. People are starting to be amazed by Jesus. But when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, so he's returning to his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Then he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. And all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have heard today has been fulfilled this very day. Bam. All right. So what is happening here? Well, this passage of scripture has been called Jesus' inauguration sermon, right? This is the moment where he steps out into his life purpose and publicly declares it. And he does so using a passage of scripture that would have been really familiar to his Jewish audience in this synagogue. For the Jews, Isaiah 61, which is where he pulls this quote from, Isaiah 61 was the passage, one of the main passages that they used to forecast what it would be like when the Messiah came, when their long-awaited Messiah came. So Jesus knew exactly what he was doing by claiming these scripture verses as his life purpose. He was saying to this room full of Jewish people, the one you've been waiting for is here. I am your long-awaited Messiah. And we can read as we continue in that story that some people had trouble with that statement. As you might, if a kid that you grew up with, right, in Owatonna or wherever, you know, this kid that you grew up with running around and playing with and riding bikes with and he went to your school and you've been to his house and you know his parents and then he grows up and he stands up and says in front of your community, I am the savior of the world. You might have trouble believing that, right? And that happens and, and that's a whole part of this story. But what we wanna pay attention to today, what we wanna lean into today is the reality that Jesus adopted this passage as the explicit statement the explicit statement of his life purpose. He used it to declare what he was on the earth to do. So what did he say? We need to look at it again. What did he say? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is where my power comes from. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's why I'm here. 
He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind are gonna see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. This is why I'm here. This is what I'm on the earth to do. And from this moment forward, from this moment forward, what we see Jesus doing is fulfilling everything that he said his life purpose is about. These are all the activities that we see Jesus doing. When we read the gospels, when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which by the way, just by the way, in this year with Jesus, I hope you hear us say it over and over again. We hope you're coming on Sundays to learn about Jesus, but what we hope you're doing during the week is reading the gospels. Reading the gospels. Jesus followers, we have to know these stories. We have to know what the real life of Jesus looked like. We have to know how he fulfilled his purpose in all the ways that he did. We, we are providing resources for that. There's Facebook morning devos. Every Saturday on the Hosanna app, a reading plan comes up that you can use to read along. Right now we're in the book of Mark. You're not too late. You can still get on board. Hear us saying, we wanna talk about Jesus on Sundays, but this year we wanna live with him every single day of the week because we gotta know his stories. And when we do, when we pay attention to the life of Jesus, what we see is that his life perfectly aligns with his life purpose statement. The things he said he was gonna do, he did. He did. Let's talk about a few of them. Did he bring good news to the poor? Yeah. Over and over, everywhere he went. To the poor, you know, economically poor, uh, poor in body, poor in spirit, good news, good news, good news, went to the poor. Did he heal the blind? Oh, get in your Bible, read the, read the gospel stories. He healed the blind. He healed the blind. I came, he said, to set the captives free, to release the captives. When we read the stories about Jesus, this is what we see him doing. There were so many people, and there's so many people right here who are living captive. Captive in their brains. Captive in their bodies. Captive in their spirits. And Jesus came and he released people. He released people from the things that they were captive to. And Jesus proclaimed. It says, he, he said, I've come to proclaim that God's favor is here. Jesus spent so much of his time talking, so much of his time preaching, so much of his time proclaiming to people that God's favor is here. The way he often said it was, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus knew his purpose and he lived it. And I think that it helped him to have a sense, you know, having, having a sense of what our life purpose is, knowing what our life purpose is, really helps when it comes to knowing what am I here to say yes to and what am I here to say no to? Jesus had all kinds of, of, of demands on his life. When you read the gospels, you see everybody had an agenda for Jesus, but Jesus knew what he was here for. So it helped him know what to say yes to, what to say no to. Sometimes when Jesus was on the way to do something, he'd get interrupted by people, usually by people who wanted to be healed. And you might say, oh, Jesus lacked focus because he was stopping all the time. But actually, he was always stopping to fulfill his life purpose because he knew this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to heal people. I'm here to heal the blind and set the captives free. So it gave him, it gave him purpose, what to say yes to, what to say no to. It gave him focus. This is a helpful thought for me that Jesus decided, you know, probably strategically, not to get married or have children. Because as high of a calling as those things are, they are huge time sinks. Come on, somebody. 
How much time would you have if you didn't have to heat up chicken nuggets? or help with the, the physics homework, right? Or drive to the soccer game or fight about the in-laws. There's a whole lot of time that goes into those callings. Dude, that's not what I'm here for. Jesus knew what he was here for. I think too that knowing his life purpose allowed him to live it when it got really hard, when it cost him everything to die on the cross to set the captives free from sin. But he knew that's what he was here for. Jesus knew his life purpose, he lived it. And it made him decently effective, would you say? Slightly impactful. I mean, we now base our entire calendar around his life, right? And, and the lives of billions, I mean billions of people over the last 2,000 years. Through 2,000 years and all over the globe, so many people who have put their whole lives into Jesus. And what's amazing for me to consider is that he accomplished all of it in three years. Three years from the moment, this moment, when he steps into his life purpose to the moment that he accomplishes it on the cross by healing humanity's relationship with God at the age of 33. Age 30 to 33, three years to change the world. Three years to change the course of history and eternity. Is anybody else feeling lazy this morning? <laughs> wow. Three years. I don't know that we're meant to feel lazy. I don't know that we're meant to feel inadequate when we look at the life of Jesus. What I think we're meant to feel when we look at the life of Jesus, and especially as we understand this, that he was clear about what his life purpose was and he lived it out. He lived it out with every breath and every moment and all of his energy. I think what that does invite us to do as his followers is to at least ask the question, am I as clear about my life purpose? Do I know what I'm on the earth to do. And that might seem like a little bit of an intimidating question, okay? That you know, we might be like, whoa, I don't know if I could answer that right now. I'm gonna tell you, you're not gonna answer it this morning. You're not gonna answer it in the next five minutes. And here's what's also true, is that different people listening are in different places with this question. There are people among us who've spent a lot of time with it. You, you have maybe met with a life coach or you've got a spiritual director or you've spent all kinds of time with some of the assessments we're gonna talk about in just a moment that can be useful. You've got journals full. You've spent time on this. Other people, you maybe have never stopped to ask this question. What is the purpose of my life? What am I on earth to do? And here's another reality. We're gonna ask this question differently in different seasons of our lives. We've got some young adults among us. We've got people maybe who are just stepping into college. Well, you're asking this question in one way that is different than people in the room who just had your first baby. That'll throw your purpose right up in the air, won't it? Because you're not sleeping. It's hard to keep track of anything. Then there's people in the room who, you know, maybe you're in your 50s or your 60s. You're actually in a position now where you're helping other people discover their purpose. And then we've got people who are retired. Well, what does that mean for my purpose? Here's what's wonderful. If we can really find our life purpose is that it's amazingly flexible and, and consistent. It can remain really consistent through every age and stage. Because here's what's also true about my purpose, is that my purpose is not the same as my job. My purpose is not equated with my job. Jesus was a carpenter. That was Jesus' job. But that was not his purpose. And I do think that in America especially, we're just so wired up to think that my purpose is what I do from nine to five, right? But actually, if I get my purpose right, if I get my purpose statement right, it's, it's something that I can carry with me into every role of my life. 
It's who I am as a friend. It's who I am as a neighbor. It's who I am as a coach. It's who I am as a worker. It's who I am as an employee, a spouse, a parent. You get it. Our life purpose should carry into every area of our lives. So, have you thought about it in a while? What's my life purpose? What am I on earth to do no matter where I am and what I'm doing? How do we find it? Jesus had this statement from Isaiah 61 that he used, and Jesus' purpose, of course, was unique to him. But I do believe I do believe that as Jesus followers who have the Spirit of God living inside of us, that we can all begin our purpose statements the way that Jesus did, borrowing the words of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me too. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me too. And this is where things get fun. This is where things get fun as we get to fill in that blank. Just like Jesus filled it in, we get to fill in that blank. What am I uniquely called to do? What does God uniquely want to do through me? That's the question that we get to sit with this morning. Filled with the Holy Spirit, in relationship with Jesus, excited about it, we get to ask, what does God uniquely want to do through me? And we're not gonna answer it today, but our time together might just be the spoon that's stirring some things up for some of us to, to ask this question again or maybe for the first time. And we gotta break it into the two parts. What has God uniquely created me to do? And then what do I get to do for God? What do I get to do with Jesus? What do I get to do for the kingdom of God? Those questions, they go together. So let's begin with the first one if you haven't thought about it in a while. Who am I uniquely? Who am I uniquely? You get to ask that question this morning. Maybe it's been a while. I'm gonna just get us going. I'm just gonna put some, some, some wind in the sails, some blow, blow the flame a little bit and say that there are so many resources to help us answer this question, more than any time in history. We've got, we've got assessments and resources all over the place to help us answer this question, right? Many of you have done them, but these assessments are fun. The end game is not the assessment itself, but the end game is that I get to keep on discovering who God has uniquely made me to be so that I can step into my purpose. So what are some of them? We all know about the Myers-Briggs, right? Tried and true. If you've never done it, you should do it because it's a helpful one, all right? Myers-Briggs. Strengths Finders. This is one that we're big on here at Hosanna, actually. Every person who comes on staff at Hosanna takes the Strength Finders assessment. You end up with your top five strengths out of 34. And we put them on the doorposts of our offices so that we can see and we can honor and we know who to lean on for certain gifts. If you've never done Strength Finders, that one is fun. What are you uniquely wired to be good at? The Enneagram, this one's taken off like boom in the last number of years, right? And, and I will tell you that I have found the Enneagram to be very helpful in my life, to do some really deep soul work. I'm gonna warn you, that one's a soul work, okay? But it helps you figure out, what am I deeply motivated by? What am I afraid of? Ooh, those are hard questions, okay? The working genius, this one's getting big too right now. This one, you get to take an assessment and figure out what am I really a genius at? Because we all spend a lot of time doing things that maybe we're just filling time and we're doing a bunch of stuff that's not really what we're best at. So the working genius is a fun one to help figure that out. And then spiritual gifts. I mean, this one is huge. You hear us talk about this at Hosanna and we have, a, we have an assessment on our website, spiritual gifts, because this one gets to ask the question, what gifts of the Holy Spirit do I carry? Ooh, things get exciting when we start to figure that one out. 
There are so many of these things, and I'm not really pitching any of them. What I'm pitching and what I'm saying is that you have permission to ask the question, God, how have you made me? How have you uniquely made me? Because I want to live my life. I don't want to live somebody else's life. If you haven't thought about this question before or haven't thought about it in a while and you wanna sit with your journal this week, I'm gonna give you three Ps that have been really helpful to me and helpful to, to others. Three Ps for you to think about. How has God uniquely made me? They are preparation, personality, and passion. Preparation, personality, and passion. Sit with those three words. Preparation, this one seems easy. What have I been prepared to do but it's amazing how infrequently we actually sometimes ask that question. We just have spent all this time the last three weeks looking at the life of Jesus. We got to see how each one of these phases, it prepared him for the moment when he steps into his life purpose. Well, how about your preparation? How about what's behind you? What'd you love to do as a kid? What did you love to do as a kid? You just kept on doing it. You kept coming back to it. No matter what other people told you, you kept on coming back to this. What were you really good at at school? And what were you terrible at? It's okay, this is a process of elimination. What are you terrible at? Tell you what I was terrible at, chemistry. I was so terrible at it. I didn't understand it, I had no idea what I was doing, it was like a foreign language. Okay, but you know what I always loved? Words. Oh, I was prepared, because every, I mean, since I was so little, I've been working with words. Putting them together, trying to make them rhyme, make meaning, I love words. What are you prepared to do? What have you uniquely been through? What have you learned that you can now Pass on to others. That's part of your purpose. What are you prepared to do? Then how about your personality? Ask your spouse. <laughs> Ask your kids. Ask your friends. How am I uniquely made? What is my personality? And some of those assessments I talked about earlier are helpful for getting after this one, you know? Am I an introvert or an extrovert? Important information. If there's a project or a thing that needs to be worked on, do I like to start the thing? Am I the entrepreneur? Or do I like to work on the thing? Or do I like to finish it? Am I the one who likes to get things done? Are you deeply empathetic? Thank God that some of you are made that way. But thank God we're not all made that way. Thank God some of us are deeply analytical. Are you analytical? These are all clues, all clues to how the Lord knit you together in your mother's womb. And of course, there are parts of all of our personalities that we don't, we shouldn't chase after, right? There are parts of our personalities that need refining in the Holy Spirit, okay? Of course, that's true. But I also think it's true that God delights. God delights in who you are. And he wants you to live in the skin that he put you in. He wants you to live in the skin that he put you in. So what's, what have you been prepared to do? What is your personality? And then what's your passion? What is your passion this one does kind of change over time, but it's all right to ask, what is your passion? I love this quote from T.D. Jakes. I think it says it all. If you can't figure out your purpose, figure out your passion. Figure out your passion, for your passion will lead you right into your purpose. What are you passionate about? Maybe bring that question before the Lord for the first time in a while. God, what do you want me to be passionate about? So in order to begin to answer this question, what does God uniquely want to do through me? We do have to begin with the question, well, who am I? Who am I? And I hope you sense the permission and I hope it feels exciting to kind of dapple in that again or maybe for the first time. But as Jesus followers, we don't stop with that part of the question. 
We don't stop with, well, who am I? This is not for like endless navel gazing or staring into a mirror to just know who I am. That's completely pointless. And by the way, we've already passed through that temptation. We've already passed through that temptation. With Jesus, we've already been tempted to make it all about me, make it all about my success, make it all about my security, make it all about the kingdoms of this world. We've already passed through that temptation. So now we're on the other side of that temptation where we get to say, God, what do you wanna do with my life? What do you wanna do through me? And I think for some of us, sometimes that's the part of the question that gets a little bit intimidating. It's a little bit intimidating. Paralyzes me a little bit. Because I might think, okay, all right, well, to find my purpose, do I need to quit my job? Become a missionary or something? Across the world? No, no. Most likely, the very best thing that you can do is stay at your job. Stay at your job and become a missionary right where you are. Now that word missionary, that's a weird word. I don't know if I really wanna be a missionary. You don't have to be. That, let's not get hung up on the word. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means that you and I, as Jesus followers, have the privilege of carrying the peace and the presence of God everywhere we go. It means that as Jesus followers, we look back on what he said his purpose is. Remember, we're the body of Christ. We're the ones who get to carry out his purpose in the world. And he said, I've come to heal people. I'm here to heal people. And we get to participate in that, Jesus followers, through prayer, through presence, through whatever skills that we might have that can be lent to helping people heal mind, body, and spirit. Jesus said, my, present, my, or my purpose is that I'm here to declare that the, that the time of the Lord's favor has come, that the kingdom of God is here. Jesus followers, everywhere we go, that's something that we get to believe and declare. It might be with words, it might be with actions, but we are the ones who believe the presence of the Lord is here. The kingdom of God is coming here. And we just get to pay attention and participate with that. The way that we answer this at Hosanna, you know, what, what's, what's the purpose? Here at Hosanna, we say, it's to look more like Jesus and to multiply Jesus. That's what we're here for, to look more like Jesus. Well, that's a lifelong thing. And to multiply Jesus, to bring his presence and his healing and his love into every environment, every place we go. But God has a unique way for you to do it, for you to do it. And I just think that this morning, you know, I had more to this message. Honestly, I've got a couple more pages on my iPad. I just was like, I'm not supposed to do that part. I'm not supposed to do that part. Because my sense all morning is that God's doing some work. God wants to do some work in some people's lives. Because again, there are some of us in this room, hallelujah, who've spent a lot of time on this. You might say like, my identity is rooted in Christ and I know what I'm on this earth to do. Well, hallelujah, you can be part of praying for other people because not everybody in this room feels that way. There's people who've maybe never thought about this question. So you're like, oh my gosh, well, this is exciting and terrifying and we're gonna pray. I also know, and it's been on my heart all morning, that there are people who are inside of a transition right now. Life is full of transitions. Sometimes we get fired, sometimes we get hired, sometimes we get married, sometimes we get divorced, sometimes we 
Our, our kids are at home and then sometimes then they leave and there, there's so many life transitions and it's often inside of those life transitions that we get kind of upside down again. And I just think that, that the Lord really wanted to use our time together this morning to anchor you, to anchor you deep, to remind you that, that Jesus had a purpose for his life, he knew what it was, he walked it out, and you are invited to do the same. In fact, he's counting on you to do the same, to find your purpose and to work it out so that you can continue his purpose in the world. And I think he wants to release you into it. So I'm gonna encourage you this week to do a couple of things. I threw out a lot of tools. I threw out the three Ps. You might, if you're like, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit wants me to do some of that, then you should do it. Do it with a journal. Spend some time on it this week. Definitely have a conversation about this. Have a conversation with the people around you, with your community group, with your family. What a cool conversation to have with your kids with your friends, there's a conversation guide in the app. All you have to do is open up the Hosanna app. The conversation guide will be right there to guide you through this conversation. Do it and reflect to each other how you see Jesus living in and through each of the people in your group. But here's the truth. We aren't doing this. This is not a TED Talk this morning on how to find your life purpose, like barf. That would be such a waste of time in church. And you can do those assessments because the Lord will use them. He's used them in my life. But really what you wanna do is go with this question before Jesus. And so we're gonna close this, this message in prayer. And I just really pray the Holy Spirit would meet each and every one of us right where we are. And I'm, I'm gonna invite you, you don't, don't do it yet, but I just know that there are some people among us who is like, this message is like, oh my gosh, I cannot even believe this message was for me. You know, that happens to us, it happens. And that just means that the Holy Spirit brought you here today because he wanted to talk to you and he wanted to have a moment with you where you would get to step fully into your purpose. And so if you have a sense of that, and don't fake it, but if you have a sense of that, I'm going to invite you right now to stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. I'm not even gonna look at you. You know if this is you. You know if the Lord's moving in your life. Like, man, I've been feeling empty. I've been feeling like I don't know what my purpose is. But God, I think you brought me here today because you wanted to talk to me about it. So over your lives, what I want to remind you of is that God sees you. God sees you. And he wants you to begin where Jesus had to begin with this one. You've gotta have your identity deeply grounded in him. Hear it over your life this morning. You are a son, you are a daughter of God. He adores you. He delights in you, in who he made you to be. I don't know if you have heard that in a while, but some of you needed to hear it this morning. So hear it. He delights in who he's made you to be. And now I'm gonna invite you to put your hands out. This is the universal posture of surrender. It is the posture of Lord, my life is yours. And Holy Spirit, in this moment, I pray that you would meet every person who is standing. Lord, that they would have a sense of you putting something into their hands. The purpose that you have for their lives. Holy Spirit, show it to them. Holy Spirit, in this moment, Holy Spirit, over this week, Holy Spirit, over this year, Holy Spirit, over our lives, would you show us how you've uniquely knit us together in our mother's wombs, Lord, that we would get to, get to live our life purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for the work you're doing in people's lives. 
And to close today, I'm gonna invite everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Because here's the reality, whether you've done strength finders and you know what your P's are and all those sorts of things, every single one of us is called, filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed to be the presence of Jesus in this world and this world needs the presence of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every person in our church, everybody who's listening, fill them anew and afresh with your spirit today. God, that we would walk out of here filled with who you are so that every room and every place that we go, we would carry out the purpose of bringing your love and your peace and your presence into this world but show us how to do it in the way you've made us to do it. We ask it in the powerful, beautiful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen, church. Go in peace.